season. Isn't he? You know, it's, it's, it's easy to get caught up with all this Christmas stuff, right? Like presents, which I love, right? Family, which I love, right? Santa Claus, not that much, right? But it's easy to get caught out lights and everything that goes on in Christmas, right? And, and it's easy to get caught out and forget what it's about, right? It's about Jesus. It's about God who loves us so much that he sent his son into the world. God of heaven humbles himself and gets born into a baby's body, God Almighty, because that's what Emmanuel means, right? God with us. And he prepares a body. The Bible says God has prepared a body, sacrifice and offerings he did not want, but a body thou hast prepared for me. God Almighty coming down and tabernacled himself in flesh, in a body. And they named him Jesus. I mean, don't get me wrong. You don't want to think to yourself, oh, well, he was born then, right? Because Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, and the Bible says before creation, everything that was created was created by Jesus. So he was here before creation. So before everything was created, Jesus was here. Jesus was in heaven with God. And the Bible, if you read your book of John, it says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was God. And then when you get to verse 14... It says, and the word became flesh. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Our God, our, our amazing Father who loves us so much. Tabernacled himself in weakness, humbled himself, became a man, and subdued himself to his creation and beatings and, and insults and, and all these things. Why? To rescue you, to rescue me, because he loves you. He died for you. He's so amazing that our God loves us so much. There's so many religions in this world that always say to you, oh, you know, if I do this, God will be happy. All of these religions, right, apart from Christianity, because Christianity, our God did it for us. Our God sent his son to be a sacrifice. Most other religions in all the world is we have to do this. We have to do that to appease God. We have to do something to appease God. We have to do something to get ourselves into heaven. We've got to do something, right? And you've seen them. They, they'll fast all the time or they'll, they'll pray or they'll whip themselves or they'll, they'll do some kind of stupid thing, right? Because their God, whatever God that they worship demands it. So they say, what does our God demand? Faith. If you believe, if you believe, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. And do you know what? When Jesus came and revealed himself, this is why the world with Christianity was turned upside down. It was flipped over. I mean, Christianity, when Jesus came and he died for us and he gave us the Holy Spirit as a gift, something happened. He says in, his, in the word, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground, it remains a single seed. But he said, if I die, and so in other words, he's saying with, with when that kernel of wheat dies, it breaks up and all these other seeds 
populate and produce fruit. That's you and me. That's the disciples. Jesus goes to the cross, he dies, and then when he dies, he sends the Holy Spirit into every person here who believes in God and is filled with the Holy Ghost. Lisa, Nick, okay, all of us. And all of a sudden, these guys and you guys are just going, boom, boom, SRE, schools, parties, workplaces, offices. All of a sudden, the gospel is just, whoo, spreading. That's what happened. With these disciples, in the early disciples, they went around preaching the gospel. They turned cities upside down. I mean, the gospel just traveled like, oh, it's amazing what happened. People started throwing their idols away. People started burning things that weren't God. That's how the power of Christianity, right? And, of course, what does Satan want to do? If I was Satan, which I'm not, right? Just chill out, those sort of things. Because, you know, before I was saved, I looked a little bit like Satan. When I was a drug I had this little goatee. Who's got a goatee? Oh, Sam, sorry, man. That Sam's like, it's not got nothing, got nothing to do with goatees, but I did look like that because, I don't know, for some reason, Satan's always got a goatee. Um, you want, oh, sorry, Jerry. Jerry as well. Next week, when we come in, there'll be no goatees in the whole house. I'll be shaved off. But anyway, it took me away from my thought. If I was Satan, right, what would I want to do? Put the fire out, Nick, and make the name of Jesus of null effect. I would start to say, I would start to put into practice right from the word go, when Christianity started turning all cities and upside down, just so you know that I'm not lying about what the gospel did before I get onto what Satan's about to do. Let me show you what the scriptures, what happened when the power of the gospel message about Jesus came into places. Listen to this, Acts 19.19. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burnt them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, total came to 50,000 drachmas. I don't know what that is in today's dollars. If we ask Google, he'll tell us, or she will tell us, whichever way you look at Google. But, this is how powerful the gospel was. That they went into this city, they started, they go, oh, we, we repent. We repent from all these things because the power of the gospel has hit the city. And so listen to what it says um, in Matthew 21.10. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? I'm telling you, when the gospel came, when Jesus was born and then he died, the gospel came and he went to cities and people, and he went to Corinthians and Ephesus, and it went to Philippi, it went to Rome, it went to Rome, it went to absolutely every city. The gospel spread like a wildfire, and it was changing individuals' lives. People were repenting. People were hearing gospel message that Jesus' name is above all other names. And if you call on the name of Jesus, you shall be saved. That's the message. Wow. It was amazing. You look at your history. Christianity did so much. It's amazing. Changed governments. Changed the way governments rule. It changed the way we looked at society. It changed. We, became, we started to become more reverent to God, believing in God, and understanding so if I was Satan, what would I want to do? I would make that name of null effect. I would make, try to make the name that's above all other names worthless. 
worthless. That's what I would try to do. And I would try to, because I know I've got to start making Christians forget the name. Don't preach the name. Don't go out anymore. Don't make a fuss anymore. Be inclusive all the time, all of a sudden. Listen, when I was a kid in the 70s, every Christmas, right, I would turn on my TV and there would be a Jesus movie. Wouldn't there? There was always a blue-eyed Jesus. Always a blue-eyed Jesus. I don't know why they got a blue-eyed Jesus. Because, anyway, I won't go in there. But because I reckon Jesus was dark like me and handsome and... No, no, he wasn't handsome. He wasn't handsome because the Bible says he had no handsome features that we would desire him. Right? I'm not saying he was ugly, but I'm saying he wasn't like, you know, King David, ruddy and, you know, good-looking kid. But anyway. Um, what was I saying? Jesus. Blue-eyed Jesus. That's right. Thanks. Um, there was always a movie, right? There was always a movie. Do you know? And at Easter as well. At Easter time, there was always a Jesus movie, right? There was even in your schools. When we used to go to school, we used to do little nativity scenes and, and, and all this stuff, right? And all about Jesus. Do you think now, I'm looking at my TV. Isn't it, I'm thinking because I had the girls in the, in the um, Lani and Kaya. And I was trying to find a Jesus movie. I couldn't find one Jesus movie on TV. Not one. You can go to your shopping centers now and you will never hear the name of Jesus anymore. Hardly ever. There'll be Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. And Jingle Bell Rock. And got a catchy tune. I sing them. And now you go through the shopping center and it's like Jesus no longer exists. Why? Because Satan's a smart dude. Let's just forget the name. Let's make Jesus, oh, the spirit of Christmas. What the heck is the spirit of Christmas anyway? I don't know. Like, what is that? It's not like they put everything above Jesus. Oh, it's all about family. It's all about lights. It's all about Santa. It's all about this. It's all about this. It's all about that. And so you now are even sometimes scared to mention, hey, I think it's about Jesus. But this is how the enemy slowly slowly moving away from Christmas and the meaning of Christmas. Because in the early days, man, you could not stop this gospel. People were so on fire for Jesus. They made sure that people knew what the, the season was about. It was about Jesus. And all of a sudden, you can't, even, you can't even like say it at school anymore. It's like it's gone. The enemy's smart, but it's our job. Get what our job is to do. Proclaim it. That's what we're called to do as Christians. And those who have given their lives to Christ, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to stir people up, stir the places where you are at work, stir them up and say, you know what? It's just a matter of saying, I'm a Christian. That's enough. You watch out what you stir up then. Or if, they, if somebody's got a work party and you, and you stop at a, if you, don't, if you have a glass of wine or a glass of beer and that's it and you're not in in amongst them, you go, what, what's going on, mate? How come you're not like the rest? He said, man, I'm a Christian. I've got Jesus in my life. I don't need that. You see? You're stirring them up. And we've lost that stirring. We've got to get that stirring back. We've got to find the fire again. We've got to find that place where, you know what? We need to proclaim Jesus like the guys in the early days did where they turned their whole world upside down. You need to turn your whole world upside down. Coming up to Christmas... Even it's a, and you know what? It can be as simple as this. At Christmas, you're about to eat. Say, can I say grace? 
And this is how your grace prayer should be. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you sent your son into this world. We thank you for this food we're about to receive in Jesus' name. Seeds, power, lifting up the name of Jesus. That's what you should do. And then the festivities after, it's fine. And then you'll get to talk about Jesus and you'll proclaim Jesus. Because can I just say to you this? Um, what was it about that message, right? Um, that changed the whole world. Can I just say to you, number one, it was a new teaching. They'd never heard of this before. They'd never heard the gospel of by faith by believing in Jesus Christ. They'd never heard that God Almighty, who is the creator of the heaven and earth, sent his son into the world, and that if you call on him, you'll be saved. They've never heard that. It was new teaching. Listen to what it says in Acts 17, 19 to 20. These are our mates, the Greeks, right? Love the Greeks. It says here, Then they took him and brought him to the meeting of the Areopagus. Is that a good name? How would you say that in Greek, Jim? Thanks. Did you all get that? Good on you guys. Uh, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears and we would like to know what they mean. Can I say to you, the new teaching is still new to a lot of people. Do you know, right, just to give you some stats, 40% of Britons in the age group of 21 to 28 could not identify the baby in Jesus' nativity displays. 40% didn't know who that was. Ages 21 to 28. New teaching? Ah, new teaching now. Now. It says here, and nor could they name Joseph or Mary. And less than 10% knew the three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, from the Magi. Magi. This is, clear, this is a clear-cut indication of the anti-Christian culture that has become prevalent throughout Europe and is catching up even in the United States. So much so that many in the Western world prefer that such scenes not be displayed publicly or even privately. Jesus said, when I return on the earth, will he find faith? There'll be, the Bible says there'll be a great falling away. And even to the elect, if possible. And our job is this Christmas and whatever, is to bring in this teaching and tell people this amazing this is not bad news right the new teaching that we tell them it's not bad news it's good news that's why they call it the good news of the gospel it's great news it's amazing news that every misdemeanor that i have done jesus will forgive me if i believe in him every sin not some all sin it's all good news and by believing in jesus you're going to receive eternal life now that's good news you tell me one bad news, one bad thing about the gospel. He prepares a place for us. He goes ahead of us. His blood cleanses us. We have access to the Holy of Holies. 
Oh, it's all good news, right? This is new teaching to some people now. I don't even know the gospel. What they do know is what I said to you before, is that religion. They know religion. Rituals. I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven. I'm not sure about what God thinks about me. This is new teaching. You should see it as new. Don't think to yourself that who you run into, that they know the gospel in its entirety and its, in its authenticity. Listen to this. So that's new teaching. This is what changed the world, right? New teaching. And also, it, came, it comes with experience. Their message came with an experience. Their message came. They want, like Paul, he goes into a house, Cornelius' house. He's a heathen. He's a Roman. Oh, Peter, sorry. Peter goes into Cornelius' house, right? And he preaches the gospel. What happens? An experience. The Holy Spirit comes. They all start speaking in other tongues. Christianity, their message was an experiential Christianity, not just mind. It's a power. It's an experience. When they, used to, when they go and preach the gospel, that's what Jesus said. Go and preach the gospel and these signs will follow. You will cast out demons. You will lay your hands on the sick and you will get better. That's an experience that people have. That's what changes people in Christianity. And you have that. You have the name of Jesus. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the Word of God. You know what it is? It's unbelief. That hits us. Unbelief. When you see somebody, you see your friend, you've got lack of boldness in your life as well. You haven't been praying, haven't seeking the Lord. And all of a sudden, your mate says to him, I'm sick. Let me lay hands on you, man, in the name of Jesus. Because I believe God will heal you. You believe that? We all believe that, but we don't, we don't act on it. Why don't we act on it? When the Bible says, that's just what turned the whole, the whole world upside down. You might be a Christmas today and people are depressed and say, mate, I know a God who will lift off your depression. He will put a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Let me lay hands on you. Do you want to receive Christ? Jesus came that you might have abundant life. That's our gospel. That's it's about Jesus. It's an experience. And you have the gift. You have the knowledge. Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. He's given you the keys of the kingdom. We should start operating in the keys of the kingdom. We should start believing what Jesus said to us. And we should start practically saying, listen, there is an experience. Oh, you know, it's not just by faith. Why do I, I want to feel God. I want to sense God. I want, of course you will. We all did when we got saved. I did. Delivered straight away from drugs. You think God can't do it again? Of course he can do it again. Turns the whole world upside down. It's an experience and a change. You and I are not the same anymore. That experience has changed you. Though the degrees of change differ, right? I have a massive change and Naomi doesn't have it because she wasn't a drug addict, right? So, what were you? No. Got the confirmation. Let's check it, man. You don't know what's in the, these closets, right? But my change is different. My change is more abrupt and powerful. Naomi isn't as, as abrupt because she's brought up as a Christian because an awesome mum, awesome dad, brought up in Christianity. But still there's change because that's what the gospel does, right? It changes you. You're not the same person anymore. The Bible says you're born again. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. 
and he changes you. That's the experience of the gospel. When you talk to people about Jesus this Christmas, say to them, listen, Jesus can and will change you. He'll change the way you think. He'll change the, the, the things that are going on in your life. He's the awesome changer. Experience. And then number three comes with authority. Your message. Mark 1.27, the people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching? And with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. Jesus gave you and I authority to speak, to deliver, to pray for people, to set people free. He has given you this authority in the name of Jesus. But the world and Satan will try to shut you up. Don't pray for them. Don't look stupid. Don't start talking about demons because they'll think you're crazy. But the Bible is full of deliverance that Jesus did. And he said, you will deliver people from that same thing. You just need to know it. You need to walk in the authority. If I put a, if, look, if I put a copper's uniform on Keen and he became a copper, he would walk with a whole different, not saying just a uniform because just a uniform won't work, right? It's like if you were at a party or something, you're a police officer. It's not so good. But if you went through the training and you got the stamp of approval by the government to say you are now a police officer, you walk up to Brad, hey, License. Hey, they ain't a license, mate. He's got the authority. You've got to give him his license, right? You have to give him the license. You got no. You got no. If you didn't, you'd be in jail, man. He'd take you, throw the keys away. You're in it. Authority. You have been given the keys of the kingdom and authority to drive out demons, to speak to things that are not as though they were. You have been given authority. You need to know. Who you are, man. We're given authority by God to cast out demons. When a demon hears the name of Jesus, freaks out. Do you believe it? Yes, absolutely. Comes with authority. This is what in the Western world, in the whatever world there was when, when the disciples went, this is the world they did. This is what they did. This is why they turned it upside down. They walked into a herd of, you know, we don't get that much demon possession anymore, but these people used to be crazy idol worshippers. They used to worship idols, mutes and, and sacrifice things to them, and they would be possessed by the spirit, by the demon that was behind that idol. They would be possessed by that. That's why when you look and you read your Bible, how, I'm thinking like, how many demon-possessed people were there around when Jesus came? It was like one in every freaking corner. It was like, where did all these demons come from? Because they worshipped idols and they opened themselves up to idols. But when Christianity came with the authority that God had given them, they went out and cast out demons. And so you cast out a demon from a whole, and they got small villages, right? So they all know each other. All of a sudden, the girl that was saying, you know, fortune telling and all that in the book of Acts, and Paul says to the girl, get away, you demon of whatever it is, uh, go, it stirred up the whole town. That kind of power, that kind of authority stirs up people 
and villages and everyone around you because it um, comes with authority. And you have that authority. You need to walk out of this place knowing that you have authority. You do have it. And when you pray, you've got authority. You know, it might not even be over um, certain, like if you're not physically there, but you can pray about that individual, right? You can see that that individual's oppressed by something and something's coming on him. You can be sitting at home and praying in the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of whatever it is on that person and in Jesus' name, we take authority over it in Jesus' name. We bind up the work in Jesus' name. We lose faith and power into that person's life. Guess what's happening in the spiritual realm? Ooh, they're getting agitated, man. They get angry. Oh, you know what? I was praying for this guy once who was into the high end of um, karate, but the spiritual side, because karate physically doesn't do anything, right? But when you start getting into those higher realms, it's spiritual. You've got to open yourself up to the spiritual realms. And so this guy's come to Christianity, but he's still dabbling in this thing. And it's, it's like on him and, and it's like he can't break through anyway. So I'm praying this, praying in the name of Jesus, Father. We bind up that spirit. I don't know what it is, but it's like a demon that comes on him and he gets aggressive, really aggressive, right? Aggressive towards his partner, aggressive towards people around him. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, and all of a sudden, I'm in bed sleeping and I think I'm dreaming and at the end of my bed there's a guy he's going whoo the end of my bed thinking like what's going on it was him right it was him at the end of my bed and he's going join us join us join us come with us come with us and I'm kind of laughing a little bit because I'm thinking this is the craziest dream I've ever had right Anyway, so he's at the end. And from there, he jumps. I'm, I'm saying nothing at the time. He jumps from the end of my bed and lands on my chest. All of a sudden, I wake up and I can't breathe. There's this heavy weight on my chest. And I'm like, uh, uh, and I'm trying to call out the name of Jesus. And it sounded like this because Denise was next to me, right? And <laughs> she hears this. That's what she can hear in the physical. But I'm trying to call out in the name of Jesus. I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Finally, when I got Jesus out, it took off. What was that? Whatever was oppressing that guy, I was starting to pray in the heavenly realms and God was starting to move. God was starting to move. And they knew, he knew, it was agitation in that guy's life. And in the spiritual realm, he knows that the power of Jesus' name and I don't know if he got set free because he left church. Maybe that's why he left church, because the demon couldn't handle it. But that's the power. That's the authority that we have in Jesus' name, that you can stand at home and look at an individual that wants to come to Jesus or something, and you can pray and bind up the enemy. I tell you, it's pretty powerful. That's why the Bible says you do not wrestle against flesh and blood. This is where Christianity hits the road. The rubber hits the road. Christianity is not just, oh, I'm a Christian. Larry, this is warfare. This is warfare. This is why God called you, to set people free. 
to go out and preach the gospel, cast out demons, set people free. You see somebody, and this is what they did in the early days. This is why they were all in stir. This is why it changed the whole society, because they went and they delivered people. You and I have that authority. We have that power. Go and do it. Last one. Last point is it came with certainty. The message, 1 John 5, 11, 12. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. Not maybe, not might, given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Simple as certainty for sure. Do you have the Son of God in your life today? If you do believe in Christ, the Bible says you have received eternal life. Can you see the great certainty? Imagine these guys coming and all these idol worship nations and they went along and they, and they could say to themselves, look, we've got Christians today that can't tell me for sure that they're going to heaven. They need the new teaching. You can come across people and, and when that gospel went out and they had all these people and all these nations not sure about heaven, not sure about which God it is, not sure about that, all of a sudden Christianity comes and says, I can tell you 100% sure that if you give your life to Jesus, you'll receive eternal life. Can we certainty? I wonder this morning, how certain are you? Man, come on, take a, can I get the band up please? Come, let's, let's think about this for a minute, right? God has given you these keys, these tools, this power, this anointing, the Spirit of God, the wisdom of God, the revelation of God, the Word of God. He has given you all these tools. Why? To proclaim the name of Jesus at Christmas and every other time. To proclaim the name of Jesus. That's why we're here. That's why when you get saved, God doesn't just take you to heaven. Why doesn't he just take you to heaven? It may save all the hassle that we go through in this life, right? I'm telling you, he doesn't because he wants somebody else to hear the gospel. He wants somebody else this Christmas to come to Jesus. That's what he wants. And so I hope this morning you can walk out of there with the, your ears ringing. Jesus is the reason for the season. And he has given you authority, certainty, experience with the gospel. And so let's take that authority, let's take the gospel, and let's pass it on. Pass it on. So, why don't we stand up this morning? Let me pray for you this morning, and then we're going to sing the name of Jesus once again, and we're going to go in power. So, Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. I just pray for each individual this morning, Lord, for great boldness. A great boldness by the Spirit of God to rest upon them. That, Father, they will not be able to contain the, the work that you have done in their lives, the enthusiasm, the joy of their salvation. They will not be able to contain it. But, Lord, as seeds all over the place, Father God, will just start spreading the good news, spreading the gospel. So I pray for great opportunities this Christmas, Father God, with our family neighbours, anyone that doesn't know you, Lord, give us opportunities to share the gospel even this Christmas, Father. So, Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the name of Jesus. We thank you for salvation, Lord. And we pray that 
Lord, we will just spread this awesome news to everyone that we come across in Jesus' name. Let's sing this morning.